Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Wow. That's the only word I can think of. We had a book signing Saturday, a book signing Sunday. I must have signed a thousand books at each book signing, right, Mr. Producer? You were there. Easily. Great patriots and their families. And you know what? It's too bad the media weren't there. They would see people of all sizes, people of all colors, mixed marriages, immigrants, even Caucasian people. Mr. Producer. And Mr. Callscreener, you saw everything, didn't you? Everyone. Absolutely magnificent. People of all ages. The oldest person we saw, I believe, was 99 years old. And the youngest was a little less than two months old. And we had a tremendous time. And I would tell the left and the media out there, There's something stirring out there. There's something brewing out there. It's called Americans for America. I haven't seen this kind of turnout since liberty and tyranny 10 years ago. We shall see. We've been number one on Amazon's list for 11 days in a row. There's some lefties who haven't read the book and they're posting all over the place. Wow. How do you know it's number one? You know, we don't even see you on the New York Times list because that comes out later. But it doesn't matter. It's the number one selling book in America. It is the hottest book in America. And it also has the advantage of being truthful, factual, substantive. You ought to look at the comments, folks, of the people who've actually read it. The five-star comments on Amazon, the comments on my Facebook site, the comments on my Twitter site. People are loving this book on freedom of the press. And there's a good reason for it. Because we're directing our sights like a laser. We're focused on the mass media in this country as we seek to defend our freedom of the press. I'll be on Hannity tonight, 9.30 p.m., to discuss a number of issues. I hope you'll check us out on the Fox News channel. Now let's jump in. Let's jump in where other hosts might jump out. But I'll jump in. I'll jump in, President of the United States, on Kim Jong-un, who apparently called Joe Biden low IQ. Must be listening to this show. But I thought their favorite show was uh, Joe Scarborough, the morning schmo. They like stupid, slow-talking liberals. And so the president was asked about this. Cut one, go. You tweeted about North Korea uh, yesterday. 
Do you believe that they violated UN resolutions with the, the short range missile launch? And does it give you pause at all to be appearing to side with a, a brutal dictator instead of with a fellow American, the former Vice President Joe Biden? Well, Kim Jong un made a statement that Joe Biden is a low IQ individual. He probably Now stop is. there. Is there really any doubt about that? Quite seriously. I mean, I'm reading articles that his own campaign advisors want to limit his public appearances because he's an idiot. We have almost half a century of his idiocy. Go ahead. On his record, uh, I think I agree with him on that. But at the same time, uh, my people think it could have been a violation, as you know. I view it differently. I view it as a man. Perhaps he wants to get attention. And perhaps not. Who knows? It doesn't matter. All I know is that there have been no nuclear tests. There have been no ballistic missiles going out. There have been no long-range missiles going out. And I think that someday we'll have a deal. I'm not in a rush. So this, of course, has been going on, the reference to this particular discussion, all day. All day. Can you believe that the President of the United States was siding with Kim Jong-un, a dictator? He has this propensity, you know, to side with dictators. He has this propensity, they say, to side with dictators. I know this is true because CNN said so. MSNBC said so. The New York Times said so. Uh, the President sells out the dictators. Let's, let's hear some of it. John Kasich on CNN today. Cut three, go. Echoing the words of a ruthless dictator about any American, let alone a former vice president of the United States. You saw that and you thought what? I I thought it was just crazy. I mean, you know, you don't use those foreign trips to to play domestic politics, particularly as you approach an election. Uh, It's just it's not an appropriate way to operate. In addition to that, I don't think it was a good trip because... uh, All right, thank you. Now let's go on to Frank Brunei, New York Times op-ed columnist. Now and then writes about moi. And he was on CNN today. What did he have to say? Can you guess? Cut five, go. And now here's where we are all these years later where our U.S. president goes onto foreign soil and criticizes a former U.S. vice president and sides with... A murderous dictator to criticize... By the way, can her voice get any higher to try and show the drama? Go ahead. Vice President, it is just a stunning moment. I mean, I think there are some things that we can gloss over in terms of, you know, the president being critical of things. There are some things that we just need to say time out. Let's just see where we are in this moment. Well, I agree with you that we need to say time out and and deplore this, but I don't think it's stunning. This is par for the course for Trump. I mean, this is someone who's happy to side with any any kind of person in the world, Putin, Kim Jong-un, if it serves his purposes and helps him kind of press a case against someone else. It's a shame uh, Donald Trump wasn't in public office when Paul Pot was around. They could have been fast friends and he could have used him. (laughs) Oh, Frank. Very clever, Frank. Pretty disgusting, Frank. We'll get back in a minute. Then there's Nicole Wallace, dumb as a doorknob, and she was on MSL LSD today, as she always is. Cut six, go. Donald Trump 
just returned to the White House after a tour to farce in Japan, proving once again that you can take the grievance-obsessed, dictator-loving president out of America, but you can't take the grievance-obsessed, dictator-lover out of the American president. The trip went off the rails, as so many scenes of this presidency do, with a single tweet. Hmm. At your media today, ladies and gentlemen, the president's a dictator, the president likes dictators, the president is flacking for North Korea. First of all, we have more military power sitting off the coast of North Korea today than we have any time in modern years. Any time Obama administration, Clinton administration, the last Bush administration. We have a carrier group or two just sitting there as well as nuclear subs. Does that sound like he's selling out to North Korea? And then I got to thinking. They can talk about talk, which is what they do, what the president said. But isn't it amazing who in the end they side with? Barack Melhouse Benito Obama opened an embassy in Havana, Cuba. They didn't say he was a dictator or would have loved Pol Pot or anything of the sort. And yet, Castro murdered tens of thousands. That's a prison island. No problem. Barack Melhouse Benito Obama and his sidekick, dumb Joe Biden, they gave tens of billions of dollars released from Europe and the United States to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, which still has that money. And they're building nukes. And they're doing other things all over the Middle East, in fact, all over the world. Backing terrorism, they've killed hundreds and hundreds of American armed forces. They had no problem with that. In fact, they supported it, the media, all these clowns who are talking up now. They all supported that. Did they say that Barack Obama was a sellout to Iran? No. Just as he wasn't a sellout to the communists in Cuba. When Putin invaded the Ukraine, among other places, uh, what did Barack Obama do? Nothing. Did they say he was kissing up to Putin and the Russians? When Obama met with Medvedev and said, just wait until after the election when he's more flexible? No. And meanwhile, what has Trump done to the Russians? He's placed very severe sanctions on the oligarchs in and around Putin's world. How about that? Putin's not very happy about it. How about Red China? When Barack Melhouse Benito Obama and his sidekick, stupid Joe Biden... Turn the other way. When China was massively expanding its military, when it was stealing our technology, when it was building islands in the South China Sea, militarizing the South China Sea, what exactly did the Obama administration do about it? Nothing, certainly nothing effective. Was Obama a dictator-loving fascist? I don't remember any of these people saying such a thing. When Obama supported the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, when the people did not and they overthrew it, and Sisi took over, what was Obama's position? He opposed Sisi. 
he cut off arms to Egypt because he was backing the Muslim Brotherhood. That would be the same Muslim Brotherhood that's given birth to Al-Qaeda, Hamas, and so many other lovely organizations. Didn't anybody say that Barack Melhouse Benito Obama was like a dictator, that he likes dictator, that he likes terrorists? Anybody say that? Tell me when Hamas was firing missiles into Israel. Among others. When the Palestinians were murdering Israelis and giving them subsidies, pensions, if you will, should they survive or their family members if they didn't? What was the position of Barack Milhouse Benito Obama? Did they say he was siding with Hamas and Palestinian terrorists? That he liked dictators? No, they, they didn't say that. They didn't say that. So the President of the United States agrees with UN that Joe Biden has a low IQ, something the whole world is well aware of, but they're defending Joe Biden. The Praetorian Guard is defending Joe Biden. When they trash our President of the United States here and abroad, day in and day out, do they say, do we say, do the media say to themselves that they're undermining the legitimacy of this president? When they were talking about the president being mentally unhinged and bringing one hack fool professor psychiatrist after another on television saying that were they undermining our commander-in-chief when the senior level of the FBI was trying to take out the president of the United States through a coup did they say they were undermining our commander-in-chief like little dictators what do they say about the the radical rogue mobster Democrats who run these various committees going after the president, his finances, his family, his taxes, and all the rest. Do they say that they're giving aid and comfort to the enemy so they must be lining up with the dictators of the world? No. No. All these people, ladies and gentlemen, they can go to hell. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot Hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. some of these search engines are. I would like to tell Google and Bing I've never been married to a Julie Prince. I don't know who Julie Prince is. You see this, Mr. Producer? I don't know who it is. I've been telling them for 10 months. I sent notes. I don't know who to write to. You know, it's like uh, it, it, 
I've asked you to, I don't know who Julie Prince is. I'm not married to Julie Prince. I'm married to Julie Strauss-Levin. Why can't they fix this? Why can't they fix anything? Why do they load up Wikipedia with all these left-wing cooks? Gee, you think I'm asking rhetorical questions? I am. So ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this question, or a series of questions, the answer to which are obvious to us, but to the media, very complicated. Who's been tougher on Iran, Trump or Obama? Who's been tougher on North Korea? Look at the military assets that have been applied here. Trump or Obama? Who's been tougher on China? Trump or Obama? Who's been tougher on Putin? Trump or Obama? Who's been tougher on Cuba? Trump or Obama? Who's been tougher on Syria? Trump or Obama? Who's been tougher on terrorists and terrorism? From ISIS to the Muslim Brotherhood to Hamas and Hezbollah, Trump or Obama? Who's been tougher on American citizens, Obama or Trump? Who's been tougher on our founding fathers, Obama or Trump? Who's been tougher on capitalism, Obama or Trump? Get my drift? Meanwhile, Obama, oh, we long for the days of Obama, our great savior. Oh, Trump, Hitler. Trump, Mussolini. Trump, Stalin. Trump likes dictators. The clown from the New York Times. Frank, uh, whatever. Oh, Trump may yearn for the days of Pol Pot. This is sick. Absolutely sick. Now, why did Trump say what he said? I don't know. He didn't confer with me. But I suspect it's a negotiating ploy. That's what I suspect. I suspect he uses his advisors with the iron fist. And then he comes over the top with, well, you know... So forth and so on. He knows the stakes are high. I mean, just think about what's going on here. Again, the military assets that Trump has put right next to that peninsula versus the military assets that Obama did. And, you know, when Trump was calling him rocket boy or rocket man and talking him down and bringing those assets in, they attacked him. Attacked him. So I, I just, I don't buy this stuff. It doesn't get me, it's the same media who lied to us for two and a half years about Russia collusion. Same exact people. They're never, they never shake up these networks. Have you noticed? By the way, this clown Zucker over at CNN, I'll discuss it a little bit more later. He just got a, a promotion by AT&T, just so you know, that owns CNN. He just got a promotion. I'll be right back. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound 
to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Abigdor Lieberman. Anybody know who that is? You know who that is, Mr. Producer? Nobody outside of Israel knows who that is. He was defense secretary, the equivalent of, for a while, in the Netanyahu government. Well, he's about to undo the election of Benjamin Netanyahu as prime minister of Israel. There are ultra-Orthodox, there's an ultra-Orthodox party, and they are defending the right of their members not to serve in the military for a variety of reasons. Now, whether you agree with that or not, at this point is quite beside the point. They just had an election in Israel, a bitter election. Benjamin Netanyahu won. They are surrounded by enemies. Iran is on the move. Hezbollah is on the move. Hamas is on the move. Syria is on the move. And this guy Lieberman, he's decided that here and now he's going to draw a red line on this issue. And he refuses to become part of the Netanyahu government unless this matter is resolved and resolved now, among other things. He's a disgrace. That's right, I said it. He's a disgrace. Now's not the time. This isn't the place. And he may wind up turning over the country of Israel to more radical liberal elements. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This guy Lieberman. Just pointing it out. He's kind of our Amash, if you will, in some respects. So Joe Biden thinks he has an issue here. A lot of people do says, to be on foreign soil on Memorial Day and decide repeatedly with a murderous dictator against a fellow American and former vice president speaks for itself, Biden's campaign said, and it's part of a pattern of embracing autocrats at the expense of our institutions, whether taking Putin's word at face value or in Helsinki or exchanging love letters with Kim Jong-un, said the statement from Deputy Campaign Manager Kate Bedingfeld. Now, you know why they didn't put Obama, uh, what's his name, they, they know why they didn't put Biden out there to say that? Because he'd screw it up, because he's a nitwit. But I want to repeat yet again. They can talk words all they want. The fact of the matter is Biden was the number two in command under Obama. And it is they that did more than play footsies with terrorist regimes, with communist regimes, and with fascistic regimes, and in many ways undermined this country. They hurt our military with their policies, their social engineering, and their defunding. 
So we don't need lectures from Joe Biden. The record is the record. The record is the record. And meanwhile, John Kerry's still playing games with the uh, Iranians, undermining the president of the United States, was crushing, crushing sanctions on that country. I don't hear any of the libs talking about that. Do you? No, because they were wedded to the Iran deal like it's the bridge over the River Kwai. So now we have Joe Biden going, well, you know, his campaign, I should say, that Trump likes dictators. Well, he doesn't fund them. Not like those guys did. He doesn't fund them. Here's Gregory Meeks. They're dragging out everybody. The backbenchers, the triple backbenchers, the geniuses of the Democrat Party. Now, why did they bring Gregory Meeks on CNN yesterday? Because everyone else was on vacation. Gregory Meeks happened. Get Gregory. Check the Rolodex. Everybody knows we can book Gregory. So Gregory comes on. Cut seven. Go. You heard him in the clip at the, at the um, news conference saying very happy when he was asked about these missile tests from from uh, Chairman Kim and the fact that he obviously is not even listening to what his own age How do you know his- he's not listening to his national security advisor? How do you know that this isn't a negotiation plan? I'm quite serious about this. I have no idea. They don't have any idea either. Go ahead. National security advisor is saying not on the same page. Your reaction to that? I wish I could say, Brooke, that I'm shocked, but this is more... No, no, I wish I could say I'm shocked, but, you know, this president plays footsie with fascists and dictators and all that, so nothing shocks me anymore, you see, Brooke. Nothing, no, no, no. I, Gregory Meeks, I'm not shocked by anything. Go ahead. From this guy who's the president, he seems From this shock- guy who is the president. Now, does Brooke interrupt and say, no, wait a minute. You can't call him this guy who's the president. That's disrespectful. Does Brooke, what's her face? Brooke Baldwin? Who are all these people? Brooke Baldwin? The great Brooke Baldwin? Who the hell is she? I don't even know. Brooke Baldwin. Go ahead. And the people that he liked is people like Kim Jong-un, Putin, uh, Orban. uh, By the way, I don't mean to be ignorant. Who's Orban, Mr. Bidu? Do you know who Orban is? Can you Google Orbein? Because I didn't know the president liked Orbein. I don't even know who Orbein is. Could be my ignorance. I'm serious about it. I don't know who Orbein is. Go ahead. Oh, he's the, the uh, prime minister of Hungary? Are we supposed to hate him? Is he a bad guy? I don't know. I thought he was decent. I thought he was protecting his own people and his own borders. Go ahead. Erdogan, all strong-armed, tight people that's living in what I say is close to fascist-type societies Mm. where... Now, excuse me. Excuse me. This is very troubling to me. I could have sworn a few months ago when the president was talking about asshole cultures that he was called a racist. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Asshole cultures, asshole countries. Right. What do you mean by that, Trump? Because they're not the same color as you? Is that what you... Are you attacking uh, African uh, countries? Are you attacking Asian countries? Are you attacking uh, uh, Latinx countries, uh, Trump? Uh, Middle Eastern countries? What, what, what do you mean by this, Trump? Obviously, you're a racist. So this guy goes on about fascist countries. Kim Jong-un, Putin, Orban, Erdogan. Fascist-type society. I thought all societies were the same, Mr. Producer. I thought only America sucked. 
No, I'm quite serious. I I thought that was the position of the left. Have they have they genuflect yet again? I'm I'm going to need a neck brace here. I can't keep to follow these people. Go ahead. Dominated by the. Uh, Shut up, the- you idiot! I don't remember you going on TV or Brooke Baldwin being upset when we were funding the Islamo Nazi regime in Tehran. Do you? I don't remember when we opened an embassy in the police state country of Cuba that you were worked up about it. I don't remember you saying butkus about the Chinese and what they're doing to this country and their and their little phony islands in the South China Sea. Not a word. I don't remember you, you jerk. I don't remember you talking about North Korea. Does anybody? Oh, and when Omar and Talib, the anti-Semite twins, when they were trashing Israel, I don't remember Meeks calling them out. Does anybody? No, I don't. So they bring in James Clapper. They woke him up, gave him his meds, dragged him in. He had a, he had a shot of scotch. See if he could talk. John Berman, another host with about a 12 IQ on a good day. Cut eight. Go. What message does it send to Kim Jong-un when the president seemed to diminish this test, which his own national security advisor says violates United Nations resolutions? Well, it shows Kim Jong-un how badly uh, President Trump wants a deal. And now keep in mind, this is the head of intelligence under Obama when the North Koreans muscled up their ICBMs and their nuclear warheads. So if you're going to bring in anybody to give expert advice, it's going to be him. In addition, committing perjury. But you understand, this is the guy. Go ahead. Shows, encourages... Uh, all right, thanks, thanks for muttering on. Getting bored myself. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I mean, seriously, folks, Obama puts an embassy in Havana. Obama cuts a $150 billion deal for Iran. Obama does nothing effective in dealing with the Russians who invade Crimea and the Ukraine. And nothing effective to deal with Putin and Russia. And Donald Trump is the problem. Is that crazy? I think it's crazy. 
He's sending 1,500 troops to the Middle East to deal with Iran. He's called a warmonger by the Code Pink Republicans or, or, or likely to be one and so forth. What you see, he's playing footsie with the dictators out there. He's playing footsie with the dictators. Yeah, right. From the number one book in the country, by far, as a result of you folks, and that's just by sales, regardless of what list there is out there. I want to remind you, in April 2007, the Associated Press reported U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi met Syrian President Bashar al-Assad for talks criticized by the White House as undermining American efforts to isolate the hardline Arab country. Pelosi and accompanying members of Congress began their day by holding separate talks with Foreign Minister Valid Amalam and Vice President Farouk al-Sharah, and then met with Assad, who hosted them for lunch after their talks. Pelosi's visit to Syria was the latest challenge to the White House by congressional Democrats, taking a more assertive role in influencing policy in the Middle East and the Iraq War. Did anybody call her a sellout on the left in the media? Anybody denounce her on the left in the media as a dictator, as, an, as, as Hitler, uh, as uh, yearning for the days of Pol Pot? No, of course not. That's a brutal regime, but of course not. And she was not the first Democratic House Speaker, again, this is in on Freedom of the Press, to try to subvert a Republican president's foreign policy this way. The late Jim Wright took it upon himself to lead negotiations among the various factions in Nicaragua, including the communist regime led by strongman Daniel Ortega, in contravention of Ronald Reagan's policy. On November 17, 1987, President Reagan personally admonished House Speaker Jim Wright for talking with Nicaragua leaders, but Wright left the meeting unapologetic for the unorthodox role that he's playing in the Central American peace negotiations. <clears throat> and of course, there was Ted Kennedy, the liar, I mean, the lion of the Senate. We've talked about this extensively. It's also an unfreedom in the press. How the press covers these things, you know? And uh, according to a memo that was uncovered, after the fall of the Soviet Union, Kennedy had urged Moscow to work with him to defeat Ronald Reagan in his second term. The head of the KGB spoke to the head of the government regarding Kennedy's request to General Secretary of the Communist Party, Andropov, and his request, that is, to assist him was delivered directly to Moscow by his law school roommate, John Tunney, a former Democratic senator from California. Do you know how much press coverage that got? None. None. And you and I are supposed to get all worked up about Donald Trump today, you see. Everybody's fallen for this, even conservatives, even Republicans. My God, I, I don't know. We've never seen anything like this in our lives. Oh, yes, you have. You've seen real live collusion with the Soviets, with the communist Nicaraguans, with the fascist Syrians, and many, many more. Unfreedom of the press lays it all out. Yes, you have. Man, do we have a good couple hours left on this program, I'm telling you. Richard, Arlington, Virginia, the great W-M-A-L. Go. Hi, Mark Levin. My name is Richard. Yeah. I I like the way that you 
you talk and everything, you are excellent. I came to this country like 12 years ago, and I have never seen anything like this before. I came from West African country, from Ghana, and I approved President Trump 100%, and I'm going to vote for him again. That is what I wanted to talk to you about. I like I like the way he said Joe Biden is a buffoon or whatever, low IQ, which is true because... Uh, but, but, but you know, Richard, they can call the president Hitler. They can call him mentally unhinged. They can bring in professors who make these comments. They can call him, say things about him, racist, white supremacist, white nationalist, even hearing their criticism of him while he's abroad. And he says, yeah, Joe Biden's low IQ. All of a sudden, look. Yeah, and, and and I have I have friends and I have friends from Ghana that think like like they think like okay this is how President Trump is, and I start explaining to them if you guys don't want Nigerians coming to your country illegally uh, doing four one nine in your country, that's the same thing that he's doing here. He too don't want bad people to come to this country and mess up the immigration system. He's protecting America. Look at the jobs, everything. And then they start thinking like, mm-hmm, yeah, he's doing good. And I'm like, so what is the racist about this? And they can't even answer. All right, Richard. I appreciate your call. Make sure you, we have a book signing Saturday, you know, at 10 a.m. at Barnes & Noble, Tyson's Corner, McLean. Hopefully we'll see you there, Richard. We only have two left. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I'm going to tell you, Clarence Thomas is a tremendous justice. In addition to being a tremendous individual, he's very brave, very courageous. I really miss Antonin Scalia, too. These two were like uh, the powerhouses on the court. Now we have Roberts and Kavanaugh and whatever. But anyway... um, I want you to listen to this from PJ Media. On Tuesday, the Supreme Court refused to take up the issue of Indiana's ban on abortion specifically for the sex, race, or disability of the baby to be killed. Justice Clarence Thomas wrote a powerful opinion revealing the connections between the racist eugenics movement and the abortion movement. And he warned that if Planned Parenthood is able to get sex-selective, race-specific, and disability-targeted abortions codified as a woman's right under the Constitution, that would enshrine a horrific movement rightly left in the past. Mark, Mark, what are you talking about? Stay with me. Enshrining a constitutional right to an abortion based solely on the race sex, or disability of an unborn child, as Planned Parenthood advocates, 
would constitutionalize the views of the 20th century eugenics movement. Thomas warned, in other contexts, the court has been zealous in vindicating the rights of people even potentially subject to race, sex, and disability discrimination. Yet abortion activists argue that Roe v. Wade in 1973 was correct in ruling that abortion is a fundamental right for women. They claim that this right should override any other concerns, as they write in PJ Media, even race, sex, and disability discrimination applied to an unborn baby. Thomas condemned this abortion argument, showing how it echoes the disgusting eugenics movement. He argued that the Indiana law and other laws like it promote a state's compelling interest in preventing abortion from becoming a tool of modern-day eugenics. The ties between abortion and eugenics run deep into history. He said the foundations for legalizing abortion in America were laid during the early 20th century birth control movement. That movement developed alongside the American eugenics movement. And significantly, Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger recognized the eugenic potential of her cause. She emphasized and embraced the notion that birth control opens the way to eugenesis. Now, I want you to think about something. Planned Parenthood is an untouchable budget item for the Democrats. Untouchable. The New York Times is the, is the gold standard for the media, the Democrats. The New York Times, which covered up the Holocaust and the slaughter of the Ukrainians by Stalin. Planned Parenthood, that grew out of the eugenic movement. I want you to think about what the left embraces and who they are. While they complain about Trump and what he says in, North, in, uh, in Japan. Oh, look at this Trump. He must be. De- look at their policies. Look at their positions. Look at their actions. And yet they trash Trump. It's incredible to me. As a means of reducing the ever-increasing, unceasingly spawning class of human beings who never should have been born at all, Sanger argued that birth, and I'm quoting her, that birth control is really the greatest and most truly eugenic method of of, of human generation. Yet Thomas claimed that Sanger's arguments about the eugenic value of birth control and securing the elimination of the unfit apply with even greater force to abortion, making it significantly more effective as a tool of eugenics. Whereas Sanger believed that birth control could prevent unfit people from reproducing, abortion can prevent them from being born in the first place. Now, while Sanger condemned abortion as a disgrace to civilization, many eugenicists supported legalizing abortion, and many abortion advocates endorsed using abortion for eugenic reasons including, most notably, future Planned Parenthood President Alan Gutmacher. Quote, Technological advances have only heightened the eugenic potential for abortion, as abortion can now be used to eliminate children with unwanted characteristics, such as a particular sex or disability. Now, if this doesn't sound like Nazi Germany, nothing does. Justice Thomas laid out a brief history of the eugenics movement. Quote, a social theory, eugenics, is rooted in social Darwinism, that is, the application of the survival of the fittest principle to human society. By the way, Marxism, Hegelism, Rousseauism, if you will, all wittingly or unwittingly embrace Darwinism. 
Uh, Darwinism came a little later than some cases, but that's the same mentality. He cited Francis Galton, the British statistician who coined the term in 1883. Galton argued that by promoting reproduction between people with desirable qualities and inhibiting reproduction of the unfit, man could improve society by doing providently, quickly, and kindly what nature does blindly, slowly, and ruthlessly. Sound like the Third Reich to you? By the 1920s, eugenics leaders held prominent positions at Harvard, Stanford, and Yale. And eugenics was taught at 376 universities and colleges. Many eugenicists believe that the distinction between the fit and the unfit could be drawn along racial lines, a distinction they just justified by pointing to anecdotal and statistical evidence of disparity between the races. In addition to race, eugenics proponents would target people on the basis of claims that they are feeble-minded, insane, criminalistic, deformed, criminal, epileptic, inebriated, diseased, blind, deaf, and dependent, including orphans and paupers. Many states passed laws prohibiting marriages between unfit individuals, but forced sterilization was the preferred approach. The Supreme Court defended forced sterilization in 1927 in Buck v. Bell. Thomas quoted Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., who wrote, It is better for all the world if instead of waiting to execute degenerate offspring for crime or to let them starve for their imbecility, society can prevent those who are manifestly unfit from continuing their kind. The principle that sustains compulsory vaccination is broad enough to cover cutting the fallopian tubes. Three generations of imbeciles are enough, unquote. That's Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. Sure, you've been taught that in law school, you lawyers. Not. By 1931, 28 of the then 48 states had adopted eugenic sterilization laws. More than 60,000 people were involuntarily sterilized between 1907 and 1983. Support for the eugenics movement waned after World War II and the discovery of the Holocaust. Margaret Sanger herself not only encouraged birth control to stop the reproduction of, quote, the majority of wage workers, unquote, who would lead to, quote, the con- contributing of morons, feeble-minded, insane, and various criminal types to the already tremendous social burden constituted by these unfit, unquote, but also to stop the growth of the black community. Now, by the way, Planned Parenthood hands out their big award every year. Hillary Clinton got it. I wonder what Mayor Pete thinks about this, Mr. Producer. You know, he's busy talking about changing the name of some street or something from Thomas Jefferson. Do the Democrats ever distance themselves from Margaret Sanger, a detestable lowlife of the First Order? Sanger herself campaigned for birth control in black communities. In 1930, she opened a birth control clinic in Harlem, Thomas noted. Noting that blacks were notoriously underprivileged and handicapped to a large measure by a caste system, she argued in a fundraising letter that birth control knowledge brought to this group is the most direct constructive aid that can be given them to improve their immediate situation. Thomas also cited a report called Birth Control in the Negro, in which Sanger and her co-authors identified blacks as the great problem of the South, the group with the greatest economic health and social problems, and developed a birth control program geared toward this population. 
And she later emphasized that black ministers should be involved in the program, noting, we don't want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members, unquote. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. While Sanger condemned abortion as a disgrace to civilization, many eugenicists support legalizing abortion, and many abortion advocates endorsed using abortion for eugenic reasons, including most notably future plan put president Alan Guttmacher, as I said before. Planned Parenthood, its roots is as a racist organization. Did you know this? Much like the Democrat Party. Now, every single person you heard in the first hour who I played on a clip, news people, commenters, so forth, supports Planned Parenthood. Every single one. Every single one of them is either a Democrat or supports the Democrat Party. Openly or behind the scenes. Every single one. And yet it's Trump who they paint as they are. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you tell me it's time to come back? Well, I didn't hear it, but I just guessed. All right, folks. Something interesting. This is in a website called Mediate, which is quite left-wing. It was founded by Dan Abrams. He's the guy with the fake hair who's the ABC News legal analyst. Uh, these legal analysts, unfortunately, are some of the uh, bottom of the barrel on all these networks. They just are. CNN's Jim Acosta has a book coming out on June 11th. Did you know this? And they're releasing some excerpts of the book. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? To The Guardian, a English, a British newspaper. You know why they're doing that? They're doing that to try and get out in front of me because my book is called Unfreedom of the Press and I have a couple of pages exposing Mr. Acosta. And I don't really care. They can try whatever they want. So they're putting out a few excerpts out there to try and build interest because there's absolutely no interest in this book right now. Zero. And the publisher, no doubt, paid an enormous amount of money for Jim Acosta to commit one act after another of unethical journalism. That is, he's written a book about the subject of his news coverage. And as you can imagine, his conduct during the course of the Trump presidency serves in many respects as the basis for his book. So much of it is contrived. And then he takes notes on his contrived behavior, interrupting press conferences and so forth. So he's trying to make money off of his coverage as a newsman. Well, Mark, you're trying to make money as a talk show. I'm not a newsman. This I am not. And I make a lot of money in a lot of different ways in writing books, but I'm just pointing this out. So uh, Acosta argued that neutrality in reporting is not effective in the age of President Donald Trump, 
as he lays out the current administration's unique attacks on the press in his upcoming book, Enemy of the People, A Dangerous Time to Tell the Truth in America. Now, if this isn't a psychotic, narcissistic, egomaniac, I don't know what is. He knows the truth. He tells the truth. But this isn't the time, you see, to be neutral and objective. It's all time to follow Jim Acosta, the Pied Piper of, of the media. According to a book excerpts published by The Guardian, Acosta writes that he opts for the bait during his countless viral confrontations with the president, which he admitted can constitute showboating or grandstanding from time to time and bothers some people. However, he argued that his style of aggressive questioning is necessary with Trump. Quote, neutrality for the sake of neutrality doesn't really serve us in the age of Trump, unquote. Even that. Even that position, he stole from somebody else. In my humble opinion, certainly not word for word, but it's rephrased from a guy by the name of Jim Rutenberg, who wrote a piece in the New York Times on Mark's page 225 of Unfreedom of the Press. Tell me if this sounds similar, Mr. Producer. Jim Rutenberg, a Times News correspondent turned columnist, is even more blunt. He asserts that if you're a journalist who despises Trump, as so many in the Democratic Party press do, and consider him some kind of a threat to the nation, you can hardly be expected to report objectively about him. On August 7, 2016, Rutenberg explained the mindset in the newspaper, the media at large, writing... If you're a working journalist and you believe that Donald J. Trump is a demagogue playing to the nation's worst racist and nationalistic tendencies, that he cozies up to anti-American dictators and that he would be dangerous with control of the United States nuclear codes, how the heck are you supposed to cover him? If you believe all those things, you have to throw out the textbook American journalism has been using for the better part of the past half century, if not longer, and approach it in a way you've never approached anything in your career. If you view a Trump presidency as something that's potentially dangerous, then your reporting is going to reflect that. You would move closer than you've ever been to being oppositional. Is that not pretty much the same thing Jim Acosta writes in his book, apparently, Mr. Producer? Isn't that amazing? Mr. Acosta, you can't even think for yourself. I'm not surprised, dummy. However, he argued his... Style of aggressive questioning is necessary with Trump. Let me repeat, quote, neutrality for the sake of neutrality doesn't really serve us in the age of Trump, unquote. The book also recounts the time Trump had then White House aide Hope Hicks call him in February 2017 to commend him for being very professional today, adding that the president and Jim gets it of, of Acosta, despite recently calling the reporter very fake news after he brought up Kremlin meddling during a presser. When he called us fake news, it was, in his mind, an act, Acosta writes. Well, among other things, Costa isn't even coherent. Does anybody know what he means by any of this? Costa and Trump's relationship, though, went significantly downhill from that moment. In late 2018, the Trump administration revoked Acosta's White House press pass after he and the president had an intense verbal altercation over the migrant caravan issue. And I wonder if, in the book, he's going to cover that accurately. Does anybody care about this Acosta book? Seriously. Is there anything new in this Acosta book? What is he going to have? Transcripts of Acosta in the Acosta book, much like another book that's out today, transcripts. 
seen in cars, but everything in my life began to spiral out of control over the disgusting smear from the White House. Enemy of the People will be released on June 11th. June 11th was my father's birthday. Can't think of anything more disgusting than the release of this jerk's book on that date. I'm sure it'll be absolutely monotonous. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. Have you ever asked yourself just how can I live a virtuous life? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn, the best of the best, argues the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, where Aristotle presents a guide for securing such a virtuous life. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the primary obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build your good character. Now this new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings with you, and it can help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life. Featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. If you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. And you can learn how to lead a good life, just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. Go get it at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Please go on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Look at all of our fellow patriots and the wonderful time we had this weekend at our two book signings. Each book signing was four and a half to five hours, and I sat there and was so honored to meet so many of you, so many, thousands of you. I don't know how many books I signed, maybe a thousand or so at each event, maybe more. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And we're going to do it all again this coming Saturday at Barnes & Noble, Tyson's Corner Mall, McLean, Virginia, at 10 a.m. at Barnes & Noble. So I hope you'll all be there. I feel a, a movement, something stirring out there. 
that you've had enough of Jim Acosta, you've had enough of all these people, you want to take your press back because it belongs to you. You're sick and tired of seeing what you're seeing coming through the TV screen. And you want to know all about it, who's behind it, how this happened, the history of this, what's it doing in the First Amendment, who it belongs to, and what to do about it. Unfreedom of the press should be treated as the new pamphlet. Maybe I'm a pamphleteer. It's a book, but you get the point. You're the Thomas Paines. We must spread the word. We must spread the word. That's the whole point of this. That's why I've worked so hard on this, and so many of you are, are jumping in on this. Nobody expected this book to do as well as it's doing. Nobody, except me. Because I know my Levinites, you. And it is so exciting to meet so many of you. It just is. It's reinvigorating. Or just invigorating. And you can go to Amazon.com now, and this book is in every single retail store that sells books. Whether it's a warehouse store, an independent bookstore, a chain bookstore, doesn't matter to me. They're all out there, Amazon.com, as I said. There's a lot of other books out there. There's a lot of other books out there. But you seem to be interested in this one, and I'm... I'm very honored that you are. And the comments, the five-star comments on Amazon, the comments on my Facebook and Twitter sites are just incredible. I'm not talking about the cheap shots. I don't worry about that stuff. People who haven't read it. And I notice there's another guy with a book out there all over the media. Oh, Mark, you're on Fox. I said all over the media, all the media. The comedy shows, Sunday shows, the morning shows. Written up two, three times in the New York Times. doesn't matter. None of it matters to me. It's like this clown Jim Acosta. He's writing about himself. He's an egomaniac. Nowhere in my book do I write about myself. Nowhere. It's not about me. It's about you. That's the difference. That's the difference. Now here. There's a guy by the name of Michael Wolf. Remember this guy? He wrote a book before, sold millions and millions of copies of a, bo- of a book in which many people raised many questions about its authenticity. Became a multi-multi-millionaire over this because the left bought it, the media promoted it. And this is from this left-wing site again, Mediate. Fire and Fury author Michael Wolf is back with a sequel to his 2018 bestseller. And in it, He makes an explosive claim about an action special counsel Robert Mueller strongly considered taking against President Donald Trump. But it's an action that the Mueller team is firmly denying. So this is a fraud. According to The Guardian, which apparently gets all this stuff, Wolf claims that Mueller drafted an obstruction of justice indictment against Trump before ultimately deciding not to proceed with it. The indictment, according to Wolf, would have charged the president with three counts, including witness tampering, witness retaliation, and corruptly influencing a pending proceeding. The Guardian reports that it viewed documents relating to Wolf's claim. Yet Mueller's spokesman, Peter Carr, denies the very existence of these documents. The documents that you've described do not exist, Carr told The Guardian. 
Wolf claims that the draft indictment alleges that Trump began obstructing justice in the first week of his presidency. He wrote that Mueller concluded Trump took extraordinary lengths, I'm quoting, to protect himself from legal scrutiny, accountability, and undermine the official panels investigating his actions, unquote. Following the publication of Fire and Fury, which sold millions of copies, Wolf came under heavy criticism for factual errors in his book. Too late. People bought the book. He later said he considers himself barely a journalist, quote-unquote, and believes that his job, quote, has nothing to do with the truth. And yet somebody's publishing this book, which comes out, I think, in June. But I could be wrong. And the main contention of the book, according to Mueller, is a lie. How do you do this? How do you do this? This is why the president, this is why... Justice Thomas, this is why I and many others are talking about allowing libel laws. There were libel laws that public figures could bring prior to 1964. New York Times versus Sullivan didn't hurt freedom of speech. There's plenty of freedom of speech. This is incredible. So how much you want to bet this Michael Wolf book is going to be promoted? Like Jim Acosta, it's a fake book. It's a book that is created out of manufactured events for the most part. Pseudo-events. It shouldn't be called Jim Acosta and the enemy of the people. It should be called Jim Acosta and his pseudo-events or Jim Acosta drama queen. But they'll push it out there. They'll get their media buddies to promote it. But they're not going to touch my book, Unfreedom of the Press. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. They're not going to touch, especially chapter six. No, 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 don't touch that. They're not going to touch my, best they can do is what the, the nitwit at NPR did. Anal Lisa Quinn attacking me personally, even before she got to one word of the book. It was clear that she cherry-picked the book. She hadn't read it. And that's what passes for a book review at National Pubic Radio, which you and I subsidize. That's the best they can do so far. Or in advance of its release, Helter Stelter, B.S. Brian Stelter, trash journalist, garbage journalist. Best he could do is attack it even before he read it, even before it was released. Oh, yeah. Which makes me wonder how many in the media actually know how to read. This Chris Cuomo, I look at him. I look at this Chris Cuomo, think to myself, there's a dumb guy, really. I look at Don Lemon, I think to myself, you're a joke. I look at this Wolf Blitzer and I think to myself, is he awake? I don't know. Bob, Chesapeake, Virginia on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I'm well, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, I just want to give you some love for uh, your new book on freedom of the press. Man, you really... Knocked it out of the park, and I've read them all. I've read every one of your books, and by far, this was the easiest to read. I mean, your wife nailed it. This book really does read like a novel. I mean, it's just such a page-turner. It's so hard to put down. I, like I said, I told the call screener, I'm a fairly educated guy, and I consider myself pretty dialed in by listening to you and Hannity and Rush and others. But there's stuff in this book that even I didn't know about. 
I mean, some people would say that, you know, you kind of give it away uh, on your radio show, but that's simply not true. There's so many, so much more information in this book than you let on on your radio show, Mark, that everybody should buy this book. And quite frankly, I think it should be, you know, required reading in school. Now, I do have a little bit of a... I'm pissed off, to be honest with you, yes, because sir. I've read some of these damn Amazon reviews, the one stars, never, yep. not one of these damn reviews are verified purchasers like myself. You know, mm-hmm. every one of the five stars are. If you read the book, you've got to love it. That's just the way it is. But somebody told me we have 97% five stars. Yeah, and why wouldn't you, Mark? This is a fantastic, this, you know... I feel terrible by saying this, but it's it's heartfelt and, and honest, Mark. But you know, every one of your books are great, but this one just blows them blows the rest of them away. Well, and I hate well, to say that okay. because I loved every one of them. Well, listen, I appreciate it. It was very important to me. I I felt rediscovering Americanism, which was one of my favorite books. I felt it was a notch or too uh, uh, too heavy. Not that people aren't smart, just a little too heavy. This one I decided, okay, look, let me go back to uh, my liberty and tyranny model. This subject must be, I think, digested, relatively easily digested, so people understand what's going on. People are busy. And yet, it's still smarter than any lib book that you can find out there. Absolutely, Mark. Your father nailed it when he said, you know, um, that book that you just referenced was was a heavy read. And he was right. right. Uh, I, I struggled through it, and, and I love your books, but it was yep. a heavy read. Um, nonetheless, uh, this book is the polar opposite of that. Even you know, even a person that's not well educated can pick this book up and just breeze right to it. I did. I I read the whole book in one night. I could not put it down. It's you know what? That's good. what Hannity told me before he interviewed me. He said, "Mark, I read this over the weekend on one day. I couldn't. I didn't know where to stop, so I didn't stop." Great one. You are the, the quintessential professor, and we need oh. you in America. And I just, you know, I thank God. Now, now tell everybody, I don't know you, right? No, absolutely I don't. not, Mark. We've never spoken, and I've always, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller, brother. I've been trying to get through for years, and I just thank my lucky stars that today's my day because I just wanted to, you know, show you how much that we love you, you know, for well, writing this book and for all that you do. So, God I bless. appreciate it, Bob, and you too. God bless. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate all of you. That's why I go to these book signings. I don't go out that much to events for reasons that mostly involve, quite frankly, security. I go to these signings. I meet my fellow Americans. I meet patriots. I meet people who desperately care about this country, and it absolutely invigorates me. And I know something's going on out there by the response to this book. There's something stirring out there. And the left and the media are missing it again. Or maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I don't think so, because this book's outperforming all expectations. Unfreedom of the press. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm in a good mood for some reason. Why not? Had a good weekend. You're right, Mr. Producer. Had a great weekend. We're going to do the same Saturday. All right. Have you noticed Democrats are now openly discussing socializing our health care system? 
Talk about Medicare for all, price controls for drugs. But these ideas have failed everywhere. They've been tried because they're bad ideas. Under Medicare for all, Medicare would actually be eliminated and 177 million Americans would lose their private health insurance. Everyone, including seniors, would be thrown into a one-size-fits-all, government-run, iron-fisted, top-down health care system. And the cost? $32 trillion over 10 years. If corporate and individual taxes were doubled, there wouldn't be enough money to pay for it. The left also wants to import the socialist idea of drug price controls. We don't have price controls because they kill people. They don't work. In countries that do have them, the results are always the same. Scarcity, rationing, denied access to the latest and best drugs, and far fewer dollars invested in research and innovation needed for the next breakthrough treatments. Innovations and better treatments keep people healthy, saving lives and money. Conservatives had better step up before the left gains any more momentum on their costly and deadly ideas. Here's what you do. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. All right. Let us go to Joe, Passaic, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. It's Jerry. How are you, Joe? No, it's Jerry. I meant Jerry. Okay, well... You know, I thought, you know, there's Jeopardy. I came up with something I think you'll love. I came up with a show where I want to have Jeopardy for dummies. The object of this show, the matching lawyers, <laughs> will be Alex Trebek, and the first three contestants would be Nadler, Schiff, and um, and Sewell. The idea of this Swalwell. show... Sorwell, who could basically lose the most money? Because that would be reflective of the way they, they run their party. In order to That's... be a success in the party, you have to be a failed mayor of, like, Newark, a failed mayor of San Francisco, like the other dummy there, Newton. Uh, I know I'm mispronouncing your name. It's all right. Think... And a failed mayor in New York, like the cameo. Uh, like the cameo, yeah. He was a lawyer for the, um, the Nicaraguas. So the idea is to lose as much as possible. That would be the counter thing, and that would be success, because success to a, a, a left-wing lunatic is basically, basically emotions and basically a thought. The result is irrelevant. Joe, this is brilliant. And I'd watch that show, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. We'd see who could lose the same way this guy piled up a couple of hundred thousand. We might see some some big dummy pile up four hundred thousand dollars in the negative department. That would really be a laugh that would show you how intellectual these morons are. I like it, Joe. Don't hang up. I'm going to send you a signed copy of my book that Joe. That was good. I like that. Uh, Jeopardy. We'd have to come up with another name for it. All right, let's see here before my uh, phone screen uh, pans out here. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC, go. I went to the library last week looking for an old book that's hard to find. And while I was there, I asked for Unfreedom of the Press. And the lady told me they don't have it yet, but there's already 11 people at that branch on a waiting list to read your book. 
So it's you a good start. I, I wonder why they don't have it, though, because it's like the libraries. Somebody else told me they went to the library and they didn't have it. Maybe they're slower. Maybe I don't know. Yet. Anyway, uh, in Lenin's Collected Works, which I read, yes. believe it or not, Lenin called for, and I have it, it's written by the communists, Lenin called for, you must confiscate the grain and crush the kulaks with the most ruthless terror. So that's what the founder of the Soviet and the World Communist Movement said, and Stalin carried it out. Later on, the communists denounced Stalin for carrying that out, so they could blame it on Stalin, not on the founding of communism. Excellent point. Now, and the, by the way, the libs do that here. The libs do that here. Go ahead. You, you don't want the government to control your medical care and your food, because just imagine what they could do if you don't vote right, what state or what region of the country doesn't vote right. And they also, it's the same government trying to take away our weapons, and it's the same government, the same Democrat Party, who's willing to kill babies after they're born. All right, my friend. Thank you, Jimmy. I shall return. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381. Nothing wrong. I'm just messing with you. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, CNN's uh, mobster boss, Jeff Motherzucker, as we like to call him here in our friendly way, uh, just got a promotion. Even though CNN's ratings are through the, the floor, they're tanking, Jeff Motherzucker is doing quite well for himself. As the L.A. Times reports, at the South by Southwest Festival in March, CNN Chief Jeff Motherzucker was presented with a question he's been hearing since President Trump's stunning White House win in 2016. Do you have any regrets about giving Donald Trump so much coverage during the election? Said a college student who described himself as an avid viewer of the news channel. How about people who question Motherzucker about his liberalism, about his 
propaganda, about the pseudo-events, about all that. I guess that won't come up. Okay, next question, Mother Zucker quipped. But after getting a laugh from a crowd gathered on the patio of an Austin, Texas bar, the veteran news executive acknowledged that we made some mistakes when airing Trump rallies live and unedited during the campaign, but he maintains it was not the reason Trump won. How could it be the reason Trump won, you ding-dong, when in fact you have no ratings? Mother Zucker, 54, was faced has faced far harsher criticism from the president, who riles up his supporters by citing CNN when he riffs on the media being the enemy of the people. CNN anchors and reporters get visits from the FBI to deal with threats, and security around them has been stepped up. You know, they're not the only ones who get threats, L.A. Times. Although Mother Zucker has become a polarizing public figure in a hyper-partisan nation, he's pleased one important constituency, CNN's new parent, American Telephone and Telegraph, AT&T. After six years of leading CNN to record profits, so they're making record profits by trashing the president and losing ratings. Go figure. Zucker was rewarded with a new title, of Chairman of Warner Media News and Sports in March. Got that? Making him the company's maven of live TV. He'll now guide CNN through a potentially epic 2020 presidential campaign while exploring ways to expand Warner Media's portfolio of sports properties, which include the NBA and the NCAA Men's Championship Basketball Tournament. The job taps into Zucker's passion for sports. He's a diehard Miami Dolphins fan with vivid recall of the NFL team's undefeated season in 1972. He dealt with sports rights negotiations during his run as president of NBC Universal. The elevated role is a relief to some CNN staffers who feared Zucker, that is Mother Zucker, would leave the network after the AT&T deal. You know, all this speculation, these big companies buy these newsrooms and they're going to make them conservative or responsible. They never happens. Never happens. The opposite happens. Mother Zucker told the Times in a recent interview in his empty office at the Time Warner Center that AT&T has respected CNN's journalistic independence. What journalistic independence, you, you moron? There's nothing journalistic about CNN. Oh, they respect our independence as left-wing, progressive, Democrat Party social activists. Last fall, AT&T donated a quarter of a million dollars to the Committee to Protect Journalists, an organization that defends press freedom around the... How many of you have AT&T on your cell phones or on your home and whatever? You think it's a little pricey? They just gave a quarter of a million dollars to the Committee to Protect Journalists. Now... I'm not against protecting journalists, obviously, but I'm for journalism, which they're not. The company was also completely on board when CNN went to court to reinstate the White House press credentials of correspondent Jim Acosta. It helps that under Zucker's watch, the network's annual profits have doubled to $1.2 billion, even lags behind rivals in Nielsen ratings. It's the only business I've ever heard of where you get killed in the ratings and you make more money. How is that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. I'll tell you. I have a theory about this. This is hush money. 
What do you mean, Mark? The advertisers figure if they pour enough money into these newsrooms, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or NBC, CBS, ABC, what have you, or they spend enough money on advertisements on the page of the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost that they won't be targeted by these news entities. And nobody's ever done a study of this that I'm aware of, especially not the news. Especially not the news. I would like to know if CNN has ever done an investigative journalistic report, negative, on any of its major advertisers. They're supposed to be journalists, right? Or for that matter, MSLSD, if they have. So it's hush money. It's protection money. Let me put it that way. That's what it is. Why did AT&T buy CNN in the first place? They don't need CNN. Protection money. Why did Comcast buy MSNBC? Because they like Al Sharpton? No, it's protection money. Why do people donate to Al Sharpton's group or this group or that group? Protection money. So they don't become targets. CNN's not going to report on AT&T. It doesn't. NBC and MSNBC aren't going to report on Comcast. They don't. And they're not going to. There's just too much money in it. So I'm sure the world is thrilled that Jeff Motherzucker, uh, he got a promotion over there at AT&T. He's sort of a walking dartboard. You understand what I mean, Mr. Producer? Oh, man, this guy, his looks are... No offense. Nothing personal. Anybody know who Jill Winebanks is? Of course not. Jill Winebanks is a former assistant Watergate special prosecutor. I guess she was there for about 14 minutes. So they dust these people off, and they put them on TV as if they're authorities on something. They're authorities on nothing. Zero. And Andrea Mitchell is a pretend journalist. She's a Democrat Party journalist. She's a propagandist and a social activist. She's been her entire career, starting in Philadelphia, as I recall. And uh, she's on MSLSD. Now, MSLSD, like the Constipated News Network, this isn't even like AAA ball. You know, you're trying to get into the majors, baseball. You're in the AAA. It's, that's the bottom side. Now, this is, this is like uh, sixth grade kickball. It's, it's, it's way back there. So Andrea Mitchell asked really tough questions of Jill Wine-Banks about all this power being given to the Attorney General. Cut 12, go. Have you, correct me if I'm wrong, has any other Attorney General in modern history ever had unilateral right to declassify secrets over the DNI, over the CIA, over the agencies? Now let's stop here because Andrea Mitchell is, well, an idiot. Been an idiot a very long time. Uh, Andrea Mitchell, this is the President of the United States who has delegated it to the Attorney General. The President of the United States has complete authority to do this. I've never seen anything like this before either. You actually have people dressed up as journalists doing what? Not wanting to see information. They used to love stealing information. The Pentagon Papers go on and on. All kinds of secrets printed. Hey, First Amendment, it's all right. Uh, and freedom of the press. And here you have the president say, I got to get to the bottom of this. 
Let's get this stuff declassified. I'll authorize the attorney general to look at it. Then we'll put it out to the press. And the Hey, don't show us. Don't show us. I'm closing my eyes. Don't show us. You ever hear anything like this? Normally, the media would be thrilled. They'd be FOIA requests, uh, declassify requests. We want to see everything. Yet. Now, when it comes to under, un- uncovering what took place in the greatest scandal and scam in American governmental history, they don't want to know. I don't want to know. He's a dictator. Uh, the attorney general sold his, sold his soul. I, we, we just don't want to know. About no, no. We don't want to know about the investigators. So let's listen to this dust off former assistant deputy associate assistant deputy Watergate prosecutor. Go ahead. I don't think there has ever been anything comparable to this, but that's because almost nothing is comparable to any actions that Donald Trump takes. Wow. Absolute legal genius. Absolute brilliant. And, you know, this is exactly why MSLSD brings her on. They know exactly what she's going to say. She, they know she's a moron. They know she's a, a parrot. That's because almost nothing is comparable to any actions that Donald Trump takes. Now, the fact that Eric Holder was handing out pardons like... Uh, like lollipops at the direction of Bill Clinton at the end of the Clinton administration. No, no, that's not a problem. The fact that uh, the senior level of the FBI was conducting itself as the senior level of the KGB there for a time under coming. No, that doesn't move her. Now, it's Donald Trump. Donald Trump. We've never seen anything like Donald. They all sound alike. I'm a former federal. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Former federal. Donald Trump. Senior... Judicial former federal. Go ahead. It's dangerous to allow the president to have the unilateral authority to declassify. Hey, genius. I thought you were a lawyer. President has that authority. It's uh, dangerous to allow the president to have the unilateral authority to declassify things. Go ahead. Used it improperly, in my view, when he gave... Israeli intelligence to the Russians, um, and he could use this again, especially to a, an attorney general who has shown his political bias and who will. Oh, he has shown his political bias. How has he done that? By following the law, he's 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 shown his political bias. The attorney general needs to be put in handcuffs. Throw rotten tomatoes at him. Put him in the house cafeteria slash prison in the bottom of the basement there. We need to impeach the president of the United States. Once we drag him out of the Oval Office, then we can indict him too and hang him from a foot on a telephone pole. And we can get some real justice back in America. This is so dangerous, declassifying documents. Never seen anything like this before. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We're going to have a new name for Eric Swalwell. For now on, his name is Eric Notwell. You know this slime ball who shows up on TV all the time and you wonder why. 
The guy, what has this guy ever done? He's in Congress about 14 and a half minutes. Hangs out around the ladies' room. I mean, uh, men's uh, whatever. Just shows up on TV all the time with the little dabble do you in his hair. Eric Notwell, today. Cut 13, go. Why should another white guy be president? Now, that's, this, is, this is fascinating. Is this a reporter? I think it is. Vice News. What the hell is Vice News? Vice News! Why should another white guy be president? This is a reporter. This is why unfreedom of the press is taking off. Why should another white guy be president? That's the question. Why should I? I'm telling you, racism is on the rise in this country. The more diverse we get, the left is just ripping us apart. It really started with Obama in a significant way and Holder. Why should we elect? Why, why should another white guy be president? Why not? Why not? Why can't another white guy or shouldn't another white guy be president? Or anyone for that matter? Well, should another white guy be Probably a white woman reporter. I mean, this is racist. Very intrepid reporter. But listen to how this moron not well answers. Start at the top. Cut 13. Go. Why should another white guy be president? Well, a white guy who doesn't see other identities or understand other experiences should not be president. I do. But I do because I'm a special white guy, you see. I see all kinds of things. I'm a white guy and I see it. And one that doesn't see it shouldn't be president. Rather than say, why are you asking a racist question? They can't do that on the left. They're not going to do that on the left. As sick as they've become. And why, uh, why, why should another white guy be president? Well, a uh, white guy who doesn't see other identities or understand other experiences should not be president. Tell me, white guy, what other experience are you talking about? What other experience is he talking about? Go ahead. And, you know, where there would be gaps in my knowledge or my experience, I will pass the mic to people, uh, you know, who do have that experience. I've, I've also pledged that I would ask a woman to serve uh, as vice Oh, aren't you special? Listen, I, if I don't know what the hell's going on as a white guy, I'll pass the mic to people who... Pass what mic? Not a radio host. I'll pass the mic to people who have that and, he's, and not only that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a woman to serve as uh, vice president. Really? And what color will she be? Well, I don't know yet. I'll pass the mic and see what, what color. What religion? I, I don't know. I got to pass the mic on that one. Got to pass the mic on the race. Got to pass the mic on the religion. How about uh, genitalia? Uh, Transitioning genitalia, transitioning in, transitioning out. I don't know. I have to pass the mic on that one, too. I I don't know. All I know is I'm for it. For what? I don't know, but I'm just for it. I'm going to pass the mic now. Now listen to how sexist this is. We're told in schools, don't use pronouns. Well, okay. Uh, Hey, it, come over here, would you please? Who are you calling it? Don't, don't, no, no. And don't, don't use 
sexually identifiable terms like Latino, Latina. It's Latinx. We mean Latinx. Latinx. Oh. But don't worry, I'm going to have a woman running as... Isn't that... Isn't there something... Is he allowed to say that? He's going to have a woman running with him? For vice president? Something's wrong with that. And not only that, they used to say the vice presidency isn't worth a bucket of spit. I think it was... uh, It doesn't matter. I think it was Garner who said that. And so now he's comparing a woman, I guess, to a bucket of spit. Isn't there a problem with that? I don't know. I have to pass the mic on that one. Pass the mic Democrat Party is insane. It's bizarro. I don't have to pass the mic. I, I don't know. I, uh, you're a white guy. Why, what, what, why should another white guy be president? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Why should another jackass be a reporter like you? I, I don't know. I have to pass the mic on that one. I'll be right back. Listening to Denali, the Great One, the Great One, and you can call in now eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. With all the hype, with all the hype about the never-ending Russia investigation, you may have missed the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods. But what the study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. The bottom line, you need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet. Probably don't want to eat them, but that's why I recommend you starting taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. It's much easier. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab-powered. Just read the nutrition facts on the panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. And you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with one cup of Field of Greens. BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. That's a double LEVIN. Again, let's let's see how. We, we went to Mediate. Went to Mediate to see how our leftist friends are doing. There's Josh Feldman. Who's Josh Feldman? It doesn't matter. Brett Stevens, headlines. Fanny Dem made comments like Trump's on North Korea crowd at Fox would demand impeachment. Now, what does Fox have to do with this? Well, it doesn't matter. Got to shut down Fox because Fox is out there on its own. Everybody needs to be like the New York Times and CNN. New York Times columnist Brett Stevens. So Brett Stevens works for a newspaper and is paid by a newspaper that tried to cover up the Holocaust. And this guy's Jewish. He claims to be pro-Israel. Think about that. He works for the Holocaust-denying New York Times. New York Times columnist Brett Stevens said, there's no question tonight Republicans would be up in arms if Barack Obama had said anything close to what Donald Trump said about Joe Biden and Kim Jong-un. 
Chris Matthews remarked upon how strange he finds it for Trump to run on relative IQ. Uh, You would know low IQ, Chris. I think the psychological term of art, Chris, is projection, Stevens said. And everybody knows. Stevens has a degree in psychology. He went on to remark about upon how stunning it is that the U.S. president, uh, misspelled over there, Mediate, would openly side with a psychotic or murderous dictator against an honorable opponent, whatever else you say of Joe Biden. He brought up the tragic case of Otto Warming and what a betrayal this whole episode is. Quote, it's a stunning repudiation of two centuries of American foreign policy tradition. I cannot believe it is amazing that someone who identifies as a conservative, that so many of my fellow conservatives are just mum on the subject. Can you imagine for one second where Sean Hannity, what does Sean Hannity have to do? They are obsessed. It's like this guy, Brett Stevens, is in heat. Where the crowd at Fox News would be if any Democratic predecessor, President Obama or President Clinton, uttered anything like this. They would be demanding impeachment on the spot. Here they are as silent and compliant as any group of ideologues and partisans have ever been. Let me help educate this uh, low IQ dimwit, Brett Stevens, or BS as I like to call him. Brett? May I call you Brett? Is that your real name, Brett? Who calls their kids Brett anymore, Mr. Producer? Brett Kavanaugh? What, what's with this Brett? Anyway, let me help you out, pal. <clears throat> and all the other low lights over there at MSLSD. Unlike his predecessor, who you go soft on, Obama, once again, this president didn't make it possible for $150 billion to flow into the coffers of the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, did he? A regime that's building ICBMs and nuclear warheads, now or later. This president didn't open up an embassy in Havana, Cuba, which is still run by one of the Castro brothers and is a police state. Did he, Brett? This president stood up to Syria when it was gazing its people, when Obama refused to. You remember that, Brett? This president has put real sanctions in place against Russia, despite the propaganda coming from you on the left. Unlike Obama. This president has in fact stood up to North Korea. We have significant military assets right off that peninsula that weren't there before, were they? The president inherited Little rocket man. I don't remember you saying crap about it years ago, Stevens. This president has stood up to Hamas and Hezbollah, unlike your buddy Obama. And I could go on and on and on. Who is it? Who is it that plays footsies with dictators, communist, fascist, or otherwise? The prior president allowed ISIS to run wild, slaughtering, murdering, murdering, raping, torturing. This president said no more. Remember that, Brett? So you may not like what he says about your hero, Biden. You may not like it that he said it in Japan. But he doesn't kowtow to dictators. Look what he's doing with China. In modern times, taking the most aggressive economic and military stance against China, we're still sending ships through the South China Sea, even though the Chinese are furious about it. 
We're still sending weapons to Taiwan. Whereas Obama removed the Patriot missile promises from parts of Eastern Europe, this president has gone through with them. I could go on and on and on. They want to make it like this president is weak and he's pro-dictator. They're confusing him with Obama and Biden. But you expect that from Brett Stevens. He's a never-Trumper. Moreover, look at the things they're saying about our commander-in-chief. Hitler, Stalin, dictator. They have no problem with that. No problem with that. No problem with that. how that looks to the North Koreans or the Chinese or the Russians or the Iranians or any of the rest. No problem with that. Claiming our president's unhinged and all the rest. But don't ever say that Joe Biden is low IQ. No, 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 no. We don't do we, that. We don't do that. We don't do. Incredible, isn't it? B.S. Brett Stevens in on the game. Because he's bought and paid for by the Holocaust-denying New York Times. I don't know how he lives with himself, but apparently quite well. No problem with it. Meanwhile, we have in the great city of New York a loathsome mayor, Bill DeCamio. And uh, I thought, America, you'd want to hear from Bill DeCamio. Doesn't everybody want to hear from Bill DeCamio? He's struggling to get in the polls 0%. He's trying to climb out a negative category to 0%. Cut 15, go. Get ready for the naysayers. All of you, get ready. The naysayers are coming. Brace yourselves. Get ready. They the naysayers tell- are coming. The naysayers. What is this, third grade? Get ready. The naysayers are coming. Anybody who disagrees with a communist like me, you must be a naysayer. Go ahead, you big jerk. When we do this... The city will start to lose jobs, people will be laid off, the economy will go to hell. They will tell you this. I think some of my good friends in labor will attest. We heard that every single time we raised the minimum wage. We heard that when we all did paid sick leave together. What companies are leaving, you you dimwit? What are you talking about? They are leaving. They're leaving in, in droves. So are people. They're all leaving. Except for illegal aliens. Hey, you know what? They said raise taxes, people would leave. Oppressive regulations, people would leave. And look, look what happened. People are leaving, you jerk. Go ahead. Fair work week together. Every time we heard the same refrain, it would hurt our economy and we would lose. I can't take this guy. Gives me a headache. I can't take him anymore. I'm sorry. My call screen fell out, Mr. Producer. To whom shall... Oh, no, it's back. Wow, it's back. All right. Debbie, Cliffside Park, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. I just wanted to add one more thing to your uh, what Obama was doing. Um, remember Egypt when they... Um they overthrew Mubarak uh, and then put in place the Muslim Brotherhood. Obama gave them, what, 20 F-16s plus billions, billions of dollars? No, no, I, I brought this up in the first hour, not that, but he stood by the Muslim Brotherhood, and when Sisi came in, he actually cut off the weapons sales. Right, yeah, well. Remember that? His, he wanted to do that, though, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. yeah. No, don't be sorry. That's a great call. Thank you, Debbie. Let's go to Carol Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS. Go. Hi, Mr. Levin. What a privilege yes. it is to talk with you. Thank you for taking Thank my you. call. 
Listen, I want to thank you also for what you're doing for us, for our future of our country, and for the future of our children. Um, this is a true story. I pre-ordered two of your books early on, uh, one for me and one for my college-age son. So they arrived just last week when he was home from college, he and his girlfriend. So I pulled it out. I said, look, I ordered you a book by Mr. Levin. And uh, they picked it up. They started reading it. They couldn't put it down. He and his girlfriend, millennials. As many times as I had tried to explain to them the biased press, I couldn't get through. They ended up taking both books back to college with them. So yesterday I asked my husband, I said, so where's the copy of my book? And I said, I bet they took both copies back. <laughs> so I talked to my son. I said, I tell you what, I said, don't even send it back. I'll order me another one. You keep and read those two. Pass one on to your friends at school. So your, to your point, uh, read the book and spread the word. Um, it actually does have impact with the millennials. This is great news. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to replace the book. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. This is great news. My wife and my son have been pushing this point to me that I need to reach out through Facebook, through some of these other forms on the book. I think I, think I should. I think I will. Uh, I want to thank you. Don't hang up. We'll get you your own uh, signed copy. And that's the goal. And I'm telling you, I'm not setting these callers up. I'm taking each call one at a time, books, no books, whatever it is. This book's different. I'll be right back. Mark This Father's Day... Give Dad a gift pack with the Omaha Steaks he craves. This is unbelievable. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix Gift Package. A $235 value now for only $59.99. Order now, and here's what you're going to get. Ready? You're going to need a pen to write this down. Two tender filet mignons. Two bold top sirloins, two savory pork chops, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets for dessert, a packet of Omaha Steaks signature seasoning, and you'll get four extra Omaha steak burgers for free. I'm telling you, this is a big deal. Give this amazing package as a gift for dad or stock up for incredible summer grilling all at 74% off. Again, order now. You can get this exclusive Omaha Steaks Father's Day Steak Fix Package. It's $235 value for just $59.99. And I'm telling you, they're not going to do this forever. Here's what you do. Go to omahasteaks.com, type the code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, into the search bar, or you won't get the deal. Do it right now. omahasteaks.com, type code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, into that search bar. Don't wait because this offer ends soon, and it is a big deal. I'll tell you what else you should do. You should go to amazon.com or any bookstore or any store that sells books in the country. And get your Father's Day gift right away, too. 
It's 40% off on Amazon. Unfreedom of the press. I mean, can you imagine having unfreedom of the press and a steak? No, no, I want socks and a tie. No, no, no. Nobody can wear. Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants socks. Listen to me. No belts, no socks, no ties, no dress. That's enough. It's enough of that. You want unfreedom of the press, which is deeply discounted all across the country right now because it's a big hit. And the Omaha Steaks. I'm not kidding. Can you think of a better Father's Day than that, Mr. Producer? I can't. No, I can't. Don't forget I'll be on Hannity in 35 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Joe Biden, in 2006 on MSLSD, another Joe Biden hit. Question by Spittlemouth. That would be Chris Matthews. Cut six, go. Can you scare an employer in this country, whether he's an agricultural worker or a housewife, into not hiring an illegal because the punishment's so high that if you get caught, yes. it's a huge embarrassment to your family, and you may just hit a, get hit with a fine that'll kill you. Now, let's you. stop right there. You see, they don't even discuss things this way anymore. This is just 12, 13 years ago. Now it's never even raised. Let's hear what Joey has to say. Go ahead. You yeah, can do that. And that's what we should do. Well, I think we should do that. Because other, you can't catch you everybody. Can't. No, 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 you, you, you can't. And the last part of this is that the Democratic position also recognized you got 11 million alien, uh, illegal so aliens. So stop. So you have 11 million illegal aliens here in 2006. And it's 2019, and I still keep hearing we have 11 million illegals. You look at the pictures at the border, million, million and a half coming every year. Still 11 million. That's 11 million. Well, that doesn't so Pass the mic. Give me the mic. What do you mean? You don't know what you're talking about? Pass the mic. Well, wait a minute. 11 million in 2006, 13 years later, you're still... Be- Pass the mic. Go ahead. They have to have a way to earn their way into the deal. This is an amnesty. They're required to take 11 years' worth. They pay a fine. They've got to learn to speak English. They've got to pass um, like testing. By the way, uh, when are you going to learn to speak English, Joe? I'm just, just curious. Go ahead. Yeah, I like the well, English part. By the I think way, we, if we want the problems of Canada right now, let's keep encouraging people to keep their foreign language. English is going to unite this country potentially. Wow, listen to this, folks. It's shocking, is it not, on MSLSD? Shocking. They must be xenophobes, whatever that is. Must be xenophobic. Go ahead. Always has an I can't think of a country that has two languages as their accepted languages that is doing all that well, including Switzerland and or uh, Canada. It it, it divides us. You can't talk to each other. Wow. Two racists there, I think. Xenophobes. What are the words that they use? I don't know. Oscar, Las Cruces, New Mexico. The great KKOB. Quickly, go. Hello, Mark. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Of hey, course. I'd love to read both sides of any and all political views, but I protest. Well, I have to say this. I retired and I'm, I'm a gardener, but I protest your frivolous labeling of the print media. <laughs> Here's an example. You label the Washington Post as the Washington Compost? Yes. My friend, I think you're giving compost a very bad name. You know what? You're right. But somebody has to take on the responsibility. Because the right word for it, I'm not allowed to say on the radio. You understand, Oscar. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all law enforcement. 
And uh, I hope you'll check us out on Hannity in 30 minutes. Rush over to Amazon.com or your favorite bookstore. Get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press, Father's Day, or for yourself right now. See you in a few minutes. God bless each and every one of you.